Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Shanghai Nation. Welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Shanghai with you as normal. Before we jump into things with our guest today, let me run down some shows for you. If you are looking for some professional wrestling in the next couple of days, tonight, WCWO in the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana, FGW in Hamilton, Ohio, 907 Pro Wrestling in Anchorage, Alaska, PWA in Lebanon, Tennessee. Tomorrow night, PWF will be presenting in accordance with all the other local promotions, a benefit show at ABC Days in Tacoma, Washington. That is where you can find myself and Chicken Bob. Also tomorrow, the Sean Patrick O'Brien birthday celebration happening in New Albany, Indiana, DCCW in Portland, Indiana, NGW in Burnettsville, Indiana, Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana, and SCW in Zanesville, Ohio. Without further ado, I want to welcome our guest to the show today. Speaking of 907 Pro Wrestling, he will be there later this evening. He is Big Ben Dossman. Big Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Well, since it you is got- your first time here, I'm going to lead you off today with our traditional first-timer question. How did okay. you get into the business of pro wrestling? Um, well, it, you know, I've, I've had an interest in it since I was about nine years old. Um, I started a job at an appliance company here, and um, a buddy of mine uh, had let me know that there's one, you know, that's running out in, you know, in Anchorage and wanted me to join. So, you know, I was doing a bodybuilding show at the time, so I couldn't. Uh, but once that was over, I, I went to tryouts and, and immediately fell in love. I've been doing it for almost two years, more than two years now. You had the bodybuilding going, and that usually is a good uh, sport to have under your belt if you're getting into pro wrestling. But going into it, did you have anything else as far as background, like other athletics or a drama background or anything like that? Uh, you know, I've always wanted something in entertainment. Uh, I was a football player in high school. Uh, I, I, I was uh, at the time I was rapping. You know what I mean? I got an album out here in Anchorage. <laughs> uh, so I always, I always kind of wanted something um, that would give me, you know, something that could be a passion. And uh, with wrestling, you know, I've been in love with wrestling since I was a kid, and had honestly put put completely to rest that dream. Uh, but you know, God dropped it right on my lap, so I knew I had to. I had to bite when 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 the opportunity presented itself. I've been doing this for two years. Wrestling in Alaska 
has really taken off in that time. We've seen in the last probably decade a few different promotions in Alaska. 907 Pro has become very successful. Wrestle Pro has been very successful. Uh, there was Glow, or actually Flow, uh, the women's promotion up there. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot mm-hmm. of independent wrestling in Alaska. Since you have been in it, what do you think of the fan base there in Alaska? Does it seem like it's growing consistently or about the same? Oh, no, it, it, it is most certainly growing. And I would say it's so solid. It is so consistent. You know, it, you know, you know, you don't want to, you want to speak before the iron's hot, but it seems like everything 907 is putting their name on right now uh, is, is getting a, a decent amount of attention. And we have a very consistent crowd that is growing week to week. Now, you're still pretty new in your career, uh, being just a little over two years. Every yep. wrestler usually remembers that first time they get approached by a fan to sign an autograph for them or take a picture or even just say a few words. Do you still remember that first moment when you did your first autograph? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, it it was not too long ago. I'm thinking it was probably, you know, maybe four or five months ago. (laughs) And I was so grateful because I was talking to my wife and my son. Um, And this little guy came up to me and he wanted a picture and wanted me to sign. I think it was his shirt. Um, and that, that was just a moment that I'd never, you know, I was, I was mind blown. You didn't th- I didn't think it would be so, you know, such a big deal in my head, but it, I definitely was like, okay, I'm going to keep that one forever, you know? Now, obviously up there in Alaska, it's different than the contiguous United States just because of the geography of it. Alaska didn't really have its own wrestling territory, per se, in the territorial days of wrestling, but sometimes they would get stampede wrestling. The WWF would make sporadic appearances up. Sometimes some of the other Canadian groups would go up. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get into the history of professional wrestling in Alaska and look at what has taken place throughout the history of the state? Uh, yeah, you know, I know a little bit about it. You know, uh, as far as my wrestling fandom goes, it, the first experience that I had here that they, the WWE came, uh, it was like 2002, 2000, you know, in, before like the early 90s. Now, what people don't know is, is Bret Hart actually had a dark match here. Uh, I believe it was with Kurt Henning, if I'm not mistaken. And there's like an internet fandom that's trying to get somebody to find footage like somebody's got to have the footage of this match but that took place here in Alaska that was kind of a mini claim to fame uh but you know how wrestling is I don't know how factual that claim is but apparently there is a dark match that happened here and only here uh between uh Kurt Kurt Henning and Bret Hart I believe if I am thinking of the same thing and I believe I am Bret Hart credited that as the best match that he had ever had. Uh, yes. I, yeah, I don't know if there was footage being late 80s. I don't know if anyone was able to secure that, but 
they would be sitting on a gold mine if so. Oh, absolutely. Being that you came from bodybuilding, you getting into wrestling understood nutrition and diet and things of that Mm. nature. Did you have to tweak the diet going into professional wrestling from what it had been in bodybuilding, or did you keep it pretty much the same? Um, Yes, I mean, definitely. You you cannot do professional wrestling on a diet, uh, you know, especially pertaining to, like, cutting for a show. I mean, those bodybuilding, you know, as, as, as much as people like to say stuff about bodybuilding, it is hard. And when you're on that stage, you're dead. You, you haven't been eating, you know, your sufficient calories for days, depending on, you know, how much you had to cut for the show. So with, with professional wrestling, you got to be well-fed. I mean, not, you don't, obviously you don't eat right before a match, but I could only imagine what would happen if you did something as malnourished uh, as a bodybuilder can get. Um, but, it, you know, it makes it nice um, that I don't always have to eat like I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> you know, I can't go crazy, but I definitely, uh, the, 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 the diet is a little more loose in, in professional wrestling. As far as training regimen, did you have to tweak that as well when you started doing pro wrestling versus bodybuilding? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, you know, in, in bodybuilding, you're not taking bumps. Uh, your body needs a lot more time to recover when you're, when you're, you're clanging and banging in the ring, too. So uh, I, I added, you know, I, I take way more rest days and spend a lot more time listening to my body now than, than I would have before. When you were tweaking the training regimen, did it take you a lot of experimentation to find that balance as far as knowing when to cut certain weight on lifts or repetitions and knowing when to listen to the body? Or were you prepared enough for that that you sort of knew what the adjustments had have to be? Um, I, I knew there was going to need to be an adjustment, but what that adjustment would be or how severe the adjustment would be, uh, I just kind of played by ear. Um, you know, one, one thing I love, you know, more than professional wrestling is, is lifting weights. Um, and so it was definitely in my mind was if I'm, if I'm only going to be able to do one, um, I have to be, I, I think I have to keep it with weights because I could do that until I was, you know, 90, 100 years old where, you know, in wrestling, you, you have an age, right? So, um, you know, basically it was just a, just a process of kind of listening to my body. You know, the first, the first couple of weeks in the academy were definitely, uh, I was not hitting the gym uh, as often, um, but now I'm in a comfortable place. You know, I kind of know the spacing that needs to be there. You know, you don't, you don't train on match days. You, you know, you kind of give yourself a little time to recover prior to match day. And then after a long match, you definitely, you know, don't jump right back into the weight room, you know, uh, the following day. But then sometimes I get lucky and don't get too banged up and hit, hit that gym, you know. One of the things that a lot of wrestlers set as a goal going into wrestling is getting the chance to wrestle in Japan. In the last several years, Japan has opened up a lot more for 
American and Canadian independent wrestlers than it had previously. There's a lot more chances for independent wrestlers to go to Japan on tour and get to work over there. Is going to Japan something that has ever been on your radar as far as a goal of yours? Uh, not, you know, not necessarily as a goal, but I've always loved that style of wrestling. Um, you know, it, it most certainly is now, you know, in saying that that was from a perspective when I wasn't wrestling, but now absolutely, you know, I think, uh, my, my son is, is the biggest anime fan and has Japan on his destination list. So if I could, if I could bring him over there and get booked, oh man, you know, that's a, that's a win-win situation. I bet that would be. Japanese wrestling oftentimes sees not only striking, but a lot more submission-based wrestling. Uh, you see a lot more armbar finishes and things of that nature in Japan. Is submission wrestling something that you've delved into very much as far as the professional version of it? Um, you know, not not too much. Um, you know, it's it's not too big of a weapon in my arsenal. I do have you know a couple that that I I hold on to have have yet to have the use for them. But uh, you know, not not too much of a submission specialist myself. But just respect the heck out of that product. It's it's beautiful. Do you have that one favorite hole in the arsenal that even if you don't use it very often, it's still your favorite hold either using training or to pull out once in a while in a match? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's a moderated version of the Rings of Saturn. Um, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've locked it in once in a match. He wasn't paying attention to, to my ring position and, and my opponent happened to get his foot on the ropes, but, uh, you know, ten ten more seconds, and I was I was I was walking out uh, with the victory. Like we said earlier, Alaska is a little bit of a different state because of the geography in it. A lot of the big towns are spread out geographic wise, so. Even if you're staying in Alaska, you're still making fairly long trips if you're hitting all of these shows. What has been the longest trip that you've taken thus far for pro wrestling? Um, you know, my, myself, I've, I've only gone, gone as far as Palmer. Um, when, when we run Soldatna WrestlePro Alaska shows, um, both situations I've been had some type of circumstance that kept me away from that. Um, but, uh, Soldatna for, for most of the boys, uh, Soldatna and Fairbanks here at least would be there, the furthest trip that I, that I would be, you know, involved in thus far. Um, we, we, we do Fairbanks, we do Soldatna, you know, I'm hoping we do just about everything, you know, but that the, the demand needs to present itself as well. Oh, it's often been said that travel is a wrestler's favorite thing about the wrestling business as well as his least favorite thing about the wrestling business. <laughs> I know you haven't gone an extreme amount of miles yet, but based on the mileage that you have put into it, would you say that's a fairly accurate statement? 
You know, absolutely. I, you know, I've in the couple of shows I've driven up to, and the couple of times I've ridden along with the guys. I mean, there's really, you know, that's that's kind of the moments with the boys that the that the the elder generation talks about. You know, I, I could I could I could see it being, you know, an absolute blast. As far as the actual bag that you have for wrestling, the gear bag that you use, a lot of wrestlers will invest heavily in a quality gear bag because their tools of their trade go in it and they want to make sure everything's Mm -hmm. organized and safe. Some wrestlers don't put much stock or effort into the bag and they'll use whatever's handy. I've seen people come to shows in just a small duffel bag or sometimes even just a paper bag with their tights and boots in it. (laughs) Yeah. What is your gear bag like as far as what you have brand-wise, style-wise, what seems to work, what seems to doesn't work? Um, I prefer, I, so I, I rock an Under Armour, just your traditional gym bag. Um, but I also don't have a ton of merchandise just yet. Um, I, I do, when I see the veterans come through, um, it's usually like kind of a standing roller case. Uh, they have it much more, uh, organized. You know, I think they, you know, typically separate by, you know, this is my actual gear and then here's all my, my merchandise to sell. Um, and then various things you might need for the travel. Me, you know, I, I live here, so if, if the show's here, uh, all I got to really do is throw, throw my boots and my trunks in the bag and, you know, make sure I've got, you know, some pre-match carbs, and I'm, I'm pretty much good to go. Speaking of merchandise, that is a way that a lot of wrestlers make their money in the business. Uh, it's usually more profitable than the actual matches themselves. What type of merchandise do you have on the market? Uh, right, right now I just have eight by tens, and we are working on shirts uh, for my tag team, uh, Fresh Company. Um, I, I intend on, you know, getting getting a whole ton. Um, but just, you know, I, I'm, I'm picky, so I really want to like the the product, and you know, I, I look at it from a mind state of, you know, well, would I buy it? You know what I mean? And that, that pickiness holds me back. I do know that. But, <laughs> you know, what? I really want to like what I put out, you know. It's a very good mindset to have, actually. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, speaking of being a tag team, a yeah. lot of wrestlers end up having a preference either being a singles wrestler or being part of a tag team. Do you hmm. find that you have a preference either way? Um, you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, I, I do. There are things about singles that I really enjoy, um, but there are things about tags that really, you know, get me going as well. You know, with with, with tag teams, you know, I think I think you know the more the merrier. It, it makes it makes for the the event itself to be just more live, more fun. Um, but then, you know, getting in there and having a, a, a knockdown drag out one-on-one, you know, with a tag team match, you get a break, you know, with a, with a one-on-one, you, you're going to war and there's no, it's over when it's over, you know, with a tag team, you might get a tag, get yourself some rest, come back in fresh and do what you got to do, you know? 
So, you know, I would say, I'd say I, I prefer tag. Uh, I'm really enjoying what we're doing now. I really enjoy the dynamic me and my partner have. Um, but, you know, I always, always open for singles run as well. And when you do tag team wrestling, do you sort of plan out the look and the feel of things so you're in sync as far as having matching gear, maybe a similar move set to where you look like a traditional tag team? Or do you mm-hmm. focus on more individual things and you're just a team and wrestling tag team matches? Oh, uh, well, see, me, you know, our, our tag team kind of came about pretty naturally. You know, we trained together uh, tremendously um, and then just happened to get paired up. And then, you know, the, the crowd reaction, the chemistry in the ring was just kind of too much to be denied. Um, so, you know, now we, now we match better. We haven't gone in on matching gear yet, but I, I do always feel like a tag team just looks crispier, uh, at, with, with matching gear, but you know, you got to keep in mind it's two individuals, you know what I mean? So there's, we, we we're a unified, different tag team. <laughs> Speaking of the gear, that is something that most wrestlers put a lot of thought and a lot of effort and a lot of energy into. Most people have specific gear makers that they gravitate towards to make all of their wrestling gear. A lot of wrestlers will do really intricate research on finding the right person. Some people will come up with the design of the gear. Other wrestlers will pay someone to come up with the design that will suit their needs what's your wrestling gear situation like um so i get my gear um from her name let me try and pull her up i should have been more prepared for that situation give me one second um it's sarah sewing and uh, i just got my first set of custom gear from her probably about three months ago um jerry bishop and uh tracks uh, put me up to her, you know, had let me know she makes quality gear. And, uh, I mean, she got it to me quick. It, it, I could not put her over enough. It, you know, when you have an idea in your mind and then when you have it in your hands and it's exactly what you pictured, but you, you didn't have any part of the creation of it, I mean, that, that is something you just cannot, cannot uh, value in any less. Extremely important. Boots are something that is similar to the gear process, but it is harder to find good quality wrestling boots. There's just not as many manufacturers of the boots as there are for tights or trunks. What was the process like for you finding some wrestling boots? Uh, You know, we got to love the high spot. Uh, the high spot, they, they, you know, I, I just wear your generic black. Um, you know, I'll probably go back and get me something a little nicer once I'm really, you know, uh, happy with a, with a look. Um, but, uh, yeah, just your, just your generic black high spots. And, uh, you know, it's, it's quality as well. You know, I've, I've wrestled, you know, quite a few matches in them, and I have no wear, no nothing. They're still, you know, in just as good a shape as the first day. 
So there's been a lot of wrestlers since the dawn of pro wrestling that have gone without any footwear whatsoever and wrestled barefoot. Guys like Haku, Kevin Von Erich, Umaga. There's been so many over the years. Have you ever wrestled someone that wrestled in the ring barefoot? Oh, absolutely. My my very first match uh, was a, a guy, he's the Dominican Destroyer, Vargas. And uh, he, 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 he does the tape feet. And that, you know, if you weren't already scared of a, of a guy that tall, that strong, you know, when you look down and he's walking on his bare feet, you, you're, you're a little more intimidated going out there for sure. I guarantee that would probably be the case for sure. Well, we are at the point of the show where we have a game we like to play. We call it Word Association. I will throw out the names of people that you most likely have come across in your career. First word or two that pops to mind is the answer. Are you prepared for some word association? It could be fun. All right, here we go. J.T. West. Great coach. Great leader. Timmy Holke. My opponent tonight. Rob Savage. Uh, my tag team partner, good good friend, uh, you know, probably dangerous, dangerous in the ring. Jerry Bishop. Uh, one of the guys that I look up to tremendously, got a tremendous amount of admiration, a guy that just, you know, locks in, you know, whatever, whatever they put in front of him, he's going to nail it. Y period T period Jones. Probably the best manager in the game. Um, you know, it, it's only a matter of time before the manager thing in wrestling becomes way more prominent. I guarantee you he'll be, he'll be leading that. Bryson Axel. One of my brothers, you know, come up in, you know, in 907 with him, not as long as he's been there. Um, but, uh, you know, great friend, you know, taught me a lot, you know, very, very, very good, good guy. Follow ball. Oh man. Legend. Excellent teacher. You know, I did a, did a seminar of his and learned so much about, you know, character development and, and, and comfortability. And, you know, you just, could bend the guy's ear for hours. Uh, haven't got too much time to actually just talk to him one-on-one, but, you know, just in the inklings and all the things that I've learned from him without even really getting one-on-one conversation, you can't, you can't beat that. Last name on the list, Brett Watson. Brett Watson, man. He's, he's, he's been in 907 for a little minute. Definitely skilled wrestler. I cannot wait to see what, what he produces out there. Um, just a real skilled, real great guy, real strong. This time of year is the season where wrestling fans start looking at what they might want to either receive or give as a holiday gift. Wrestling memorabilia and merchandise is always very popular amongst fans. One of the things that has historically been a really great 
gift to give a wrestling fan or to get as a wrestling fan is the wrestling-related video games. There's lots and lots out there on the market. AEW's game finally came out on the market a few months ago. There's a lot of independent-based wrestling games. WWE, of course, is... Uh, been very, very successful in the video game market. Do you personally play very many wrestling video games, and would you have a suggestion as one that might be suitable for wrestling fans this holiday season? Oh, man, you know, um, as far as new goes, no. Uh, but that's because, you know, and, and I don't get too much time for video games. My son's got it, but his interest in wrestling is enough to watch, but not really enough to play. Uh, but for, for any, any wrestling fan that wants the, the video game, you've got to go back. You've got to get yourself a Nintendo 64, and you've got to get WWF No Mercy. If you don't, if you don't have that, you, that's, that's the one game you need. <laughs> that's the only one you need. <laughs> Another big thing with wrestling fans since Mick Foley first released his uh, autobiography 25 years ago or so is wrestling-related books. The market has an enormous amount of wrestling-related books since that time. There's autobiographies, there's biographies, there's historical books on wrestling territories and wrestling personalities. There is contemporary books on the current product. Do you have a favorite wrestling-related book? <laughs> yes, actually. Uh, in in uh, elementary school, and I did a report on it and everything, uh, right after the Mick Foley book, Have a Nice Day, came out, The Rock put one out called The Rock Says, and I, you know, my, my mom bought it for me right away. I, I read it immediately, did the report on it. I mean, my teachers in school used to think I was weird because, you know, one year it's, it's The Rock, the next year it's Stone Cold, the next year it's The Undertaker. I read Sting's book. Like, I, when I was a kid, I mean, that was, that was it, to say an obsession would be not a strong enough word. How did you pass all these book reports in school reading all these wrestling-related books? Absolutely. I, I was getting A's because they're like, okay, Ben, we, we found one thing you care about. You know, you don't do numbers, you don't do shapes and colors, but if it's pro wrestling, you're, you're fully invested. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, also in a similar fashion, wrestling – Movies has become something that a lot of fans collect as far as like DVD or even people that uh, do it digitally. Those make great gifts. Going back into the 50s, there's been professional wrestling-related movies all the way up to current times. You've got No Holds Barred. You've got Ready to Rumble. You've got The Wrestler, the 70s version, The Wrestler, mm. the 2000s version. There's a movie coming out on Christmas Day that is focused on the Von Erichs starring Zac Efron. What would you say has been your favorite wrestling related movie? Oh, you know, I I fall under that ready to rumble 
Um, I remember, I, man, I remember when that movie came out. I remember, I, I, I remember buying the cookie dough bites to go in and watch that. And that, that is probably one of the few movies in life that I've seen in theaters more than one time. <laughs> uh, looking back throughout your career so far, have you gone back and watched a lot of the movies and kind of studied not necessarily the wrestling aspect of it as far as what to do in a match, but uh, kind of seeing how theatrical wrestling was presented and get ideas that you might be able to translate to the live audience? Uh, from the movies, you know, not so much, but, you know, watching the product, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, the movies, you know, they, you know, I'd say, I'd say the wrestler is probably, you know, the closest thing to kind of what a day to day experience I'd imagine would be, um, you know, here, it's a little different story here. Um, but you know, it, it I, you know, you kind of can get more from the product itself than you can, you know, from a movie about the product, you know what I mean? Absolutely. One of the things I was told when I went up to Alaska many years ago to officiate was if a moose comes into the building, the match has to come to an immediately closed, <laughs> yeah. no questions asked decision. Apparently it's a real thing that has occasionally happened up there. Have you ever been on a show where a moose interrupted things? <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, there, now I've, I've, I've been places where moose have walked into buildings. I mean, it, it, it certainly does happen, you know, but, you know, that's, that's rare for us, too. You know, we're, yeah, we're in Alaska, but, you know, when, when a moose walks into a building, it makes the news just about everywhere in Alaska um, because it, it's pretty uncommon. If you ever were in a match and a moose walked in, what do you think the reaction's going to be for the people in the ring? Uh, well, you know, I, to be honest with you, if, I, if I'm doing my job correctly, you're not going to notice a moose walking into the, into the arena. And however, you know, if, if a moose does walk into the arena, I'm sure the crowd would pop hard for that, you know, especially, you know, if I got Vargas out there with me, you know, you better give the moose some advice to get out there, you know, <laughs> get out the way. In a lot of the country, even right now, promotions are doing outdoor shows because the weather is still optimal to do so. Wrestling outdoors presents different set of problems than if you had a show indoors, but there's still a novelty to seeing wrestling outdoors a lot of times. Have you done very many outdoor shows in your career? I, I have not. Uh, the most recent would be the Alaska State Fair we did, um, but even that w- was under a tent. But I got to tell you, they picked just the one hot day we had this summer to do that, and uh, it was still it was still hot, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I would love to wrestle outdoor. That's definitely it's on on my bucket list. But I we just the, the option has not really presented itself here in Alaska. It, it, this is one of those states. It could be sunny as all as all goodness, 
and then five minutes later, it's pouring rain. Um, so when you're setting up a show out here to do do an outdoor show, you gotta you gotta make sure you have your your weather really 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 well forecasted and a backup plan in, in your pocket. <laughs> uh, we know that pro wrestling is a sport where if a promoter can stick a ring and some chairs in a certain place, they will give it a try. We've seen wrestling in bars and churches and school gyms and coffee shops, everything imaginable. A promoter has probably tried to run an event. What is the strangest location where you've wrestled so far? Um... You know, to be honest with you, I, I haven't wrestled anywhere strange yet. You know, um, I would say, you know, the, we we wrestled in a in a venue that's half a basketball gym and half uh, uh, like a trampoline park. Um, that 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 was probably the most unique one because whoever went to the trampoline park that day, by default, got free tickets to this show because you could just stand up at the top and look over and. It was kind of funny to, to kind of look up at the top there, and we got just about as many people on the other side watching us uh, that, that were actually down on the, on the court with us uh, attending the wrestling show. Uh, so that, that's probably the, the weirdest one, but uh, Coach, Coach JT does get uh, some pretty oddball requests with companies around here wanting us to come wrestle for them. Um, you know, I'm, if, you know, if the, if the money's right and we can safely transport that ring in and out, you know, we're, I'm sure we're we're willing to go some places for sure. If you could wrestle in any venue across the world, large or small, no matter what it is, what's the one venue you'd most want to have a match? Madison Square Garden. That is, that is, you know, I've been, I've been hearing about Madison Square Garden for one reason or another since, you know, as long as I could walk. Um, so to be able to, to go out there, you know, for to, to step into a ring in Madison Square Garden, I think that would be such a surreal moment that, you know, I'd really have to good, have a good match laid out in my head because I might, might be taken away by the, by the being in the presence of Madison Square Garden. Um, that that's definitely to me that's the target. You know, at, at at a point if I had wrestled there, I'd I'd achieved my mission. You know. We mentioned how like Japan would be a goal to go to to wrestle. If you could wrestle anywhere within the United States the lower 48, Hawaii, somewhere in Alaska you've not hit, where is the one dream location where you would like to go most to wrestle? Um, uh, I, I would probably have to say, I know there's not a huge, you know, wrestling demographic in California, but, uh, you know, I, I had the privilege of, of wrestling in front of my dad uh, here. Um, he, you know, he was here for a short trip, but, I, you know, I think going and, and wrestling in California, my dad's hometown, and he could invite his whole family. You know, we could have, you know, the whole the whole Dossman squad uh, to fill up, you know, this, maybe the Sacramento arena. So, like, wrestling in California 
to, to get, you know, the whole Dossman side of the family there, that, that would be, you know, just a, just a dream come true, you know, or, or Hawaii. But, you know, we, 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 we got a promotion we're pretty tight with, so Hawaii might, uh, might happen sooner rather than later. Nothing wrong with crossing off the two non-contiguous states first. Right. <laughs> At WrestlePro in Alaska, they bring in a lot of bigger-name talent that has television experience. Guys like Jay Lethal, Tommy Dreamer, Fallaball have all appeared there. So mm-hmm. there's more bigger names coming into Alaska than at any other point as far as independent wrestling in the last couple of years. Do you have that one dream opponent that may be a nationally known star that you would most want to wrestle? Um, nationally known that that's in WrestlePro or, or just like in general? In general, if they brought in one of the national names to a future show and made you the opponent, who would that most want to be from you? Ooh, uh, you know, Kenny Omega. You know, if, if, if Jay Lethal was, was down to have a one-on-one with me, I think that would be an absolute dream. Um, you know, I, I got to do a seminar of his, just such a wrestling mind. You know, AEW struck gold signing him. They they definitely they got they got a treasure there not just for the in ring ability but just the mental the complete understanding of the mental aspect character aspect I mean that that would be an absolute honor. In a similar fashion, if Russell Pro brought in a nationally known star and that was going to be your tag partner, whether it is you and them as a traditional tag team or put them with Rod Savage and yourself as a six-man team, who is the dream partner? Oh, dream partner. Oh, let's see. I mean, you know, I'll take a big, long fantasy shot out there and say Brock Lesnar. (laughs) I think Brock Lesnar would make a, a pretty decent tag team partner. I, you know, I think we'd pick up a few wins wins that way. He was part of a great tag team with Shelton Benjamin in the Minnesota stretching crew, so he's got a track record there. You there. Go. Absolutely. One of the things in pro wrestling that a lot of fans – take for granted, and oftentimes a lot of people within the business takes for granted is the referee. They often can save a bad match and make it a little bit better. They can also sink a good match and make it look terrible if they don't know what they're doing. And referees usually are when they are experienced, are able to lead the younger wrestlers. They're usually very, very vital to the success of a show. Who would you say are some of the better referees that you've encountered? Uh, uh, just just had the privilege of uh, meeting Bryce Remberg um, 
absolute, you know, genius. Um, you know, we, we actually have uh, great referees in 907, uh, Lady Stripes. I can't not shout her out. I mean, absolutely amazing in the ring. Uh, you know, good communicator. Russ, great. Uh, James is great. We, we just have, you know, we have a great, great set of refs there. But, yeah, I got to, got to meet Bryce Remsburg, real, real, you know, solid guy. Not a bad referee to have one on a weekly basis on AEW that you normally see. So that's great that you guys picked him up for sure. Right. One of the other often overlooked aspects of pro wrestling is the ring announcer. And the ring announcer is the voice of the company. A lot of times, rightly or wrongly, fans will associate the ring announcer with being the actual promoter of the company and they'll go to the ring announcer when they've seen someone cheating or if they want a certain match to be made. Ring announcers are responsible for making sure fans have all of the information needed so they can continue to put money into the company by buying concessions and merchandise and tickets for future shows, so they're very, very important. Who would you say are some of the better ring announcers out there? Uh, like currently? The, I, I uh, like the, the Samantha Urban, the, the WWE's current uh, ring announcer. She's, she's pretty solid, you know, believable. Um, you know, I think the GOAT has to be Howard Finkel. Um, you know, there was just a, there was just a presence, you know, when he'd be calling that entrance and you just, you know, you get, you, you could really sink into it. You know what I mean? Now up there in Alaska, uh, what's your ring announcer situation up there? I know you're probably limited as far as ring announcers go because of the geography, but who do you have up there that's really good? Um, so when, whenever JT calls it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely good. Um, um, let me see. Cause, uh, sorry, my work phone is vibrating on me. My apologies. Um, we say we, we, we have, let's say AJ calls it sometimes. Um, but Harold calls it. Harold's probably the best, you know, he does it most or Gerald, excuse me, does it most often. Um, you know, yeah, you know, we, we, you know, we sometimes we use different people, but uh, yeah. One of the things that a lot of wrestlers, no matter if they're a young independent just getting started or someone that's been in the business 30, 40 years and has been on TV they often have a goal of wrestling in all 50 states. Yeah. Alaska traditionally has been one of the harder states for people to hit in order to cross off all 50. Do you see a lot of guys on shows that you do that are coming in for one shots that are trying to get that 50 state reached or, that's something you don't really hear about in the locker room. Uh, 
We we do we do we hear when it when when it's, this is their first time. We absolutely hear that you know oh yeah I'm checking this box off and if I get to Hawaii then that's you know that's then I've done them all you know. Um, I think uh, Bryce Bryce Remsberg had actually mentioned that we were on his list uh, his, his his get get it list. Now I can confirm there were a couple of referees that almost got into a fist fight when WWE was going up there trying to make sure they got that Alaska crossed off their list. So that is a oh, real yeah. thing. Yeah, we're a, we're a good destination state, you know. So you know, a lot of the wrestlers that come here have have fun and are you know, typically looking forward to getting back here. A couple of the rest of Pro Alaska folks, I mean, they're they're getting to be like family with us because they, they do actually enjoy coming here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great area, and it's a great wrestling community up there. And because of the nature of Alaska, like we've been saying it is sort of spread out, and there is sort of a limit on the people within wrestling in Alaska compared to other areas where, like if you're in the northeast, you might have three or 400 people within a couple of hundred mile radius. In Alaska, that's just not the case. Do you have training in other aspects of the business, so if somebody were to get hurt and they needed an emergency referee or they needed an emergency ring announcer or anything of that nature, is everyone on the roster there in the Alaskan promotions able to step in and do that, or is that something that if somebody gets hurt, then they're a little bit stuck? Um, you know, it, it would kind of depend, you know, training, training to, to, to be a referee is, is a little different. Um, you know, to say anyone could put a shirt on and go in and ref a match is definitely not true. Uh, however, most of our guys are just so willing that, you know, we, we want the show to go on. If, if a spot is empty, we're, we're going to fill it. Somebody's going to fill it. Um, you know, as far as announcing goes, there's a couple of us that could, could potentially do it. You know, we, a couple of guys color commentate. Um, you know what I mean? We try to be as multifaceted and cross-trained as possible. So the, the show's going to go on. We're going to get the job done. But as far as, like, actually being trained, you know, as referees, our, you know, we, we do have a few. Um, but, you know, for the ref position, no. But for everything else, you know, we absolutely, uh, you know, have guys that can slide into that place and, and, and make, it, make it great. Looking at tonight, you have a match, like we said, with Timmy Holke, and I'm sure that's going to be a fantastic match and a fantastic show. If someone is listening in Alaska right now and they have yet to attend a 907 Pro show, can you tell the fans what they can expect out of tonight? Oh, action-packed action show, um, you know, a big show. We've got the, the, the most of the roster will be wrestling tonight. A uh, big tag team match, a uh, big title match to, to close out the night. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little more fun in, in the Willowall in a sense that we get to be a little edgier. Um, it's, it's the Unleashed, 907 Unleashed uh, tonight at 7. 
Um, you know, we, I, I expect a banger of a show. The sound system there is fantastic. The vibe is fantastic. Our crowd uh, typically shows up in droves. So it's, it's just, you know, a, a great time, great, great drink as well. You know what I mean? So good, good Friday night to turn up and cut loose. For the fans that are not in Alaska that might be considering coming up and catching some wrestling while they're on holiday or just uh, wanting to visit a different area to see a show with 907 and WrestlePro and all that, can you describe what the experience is like to someone that maybe isn't from Alaska that's considering paying you guys a visit? Um, you know, I mean, you, as for coming to Alaska for a wrestling show, I mean, you're going to get all the nature, all the, the beauty, the mountains, the, the, you know, local, you know, beautiful everything. Everything about Alaska is beautiful, in my opinion. Uh, you're going to experience the cold, um, and then you're going to experience a show full of, you know, young and old talent that can, you know, absolutely blow your mind. We're down to the last few minutes of the show today, and I want to make sure that there is ample time for you. If you would like to say anything to the listeners, plug and promote everything and anything you want, social media, merchandise, upcoming appearances, your favorite bakery, anything you want, floor is yours. Okay, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Uh, follow us on Instagram at 907prowrestling.com or at, at, excuse me, at 907prowrestling. I'm Benoit Dossman uh, at Chad, uh, L Cross Chad. That's my tag team partner, Rod Savage, at WrestleProAlaska on Instagram. Follow 907prowrestling on YouTube. Um, Let me see. Uh, www.newseasonsak.com. That's that's my church. I got to plug them. Wonderful, wonderful church. Um, you know, thank you to 907 for putting me on. Uh, thank you to Wrestle Pro Alaska for all the opportunities. You know, I love I love what I do, and I'm absolutely grateful. Well, Big Ben Dawson, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to be with us. We know you are preparing for. A big match tonight. Hopefully that goes very well for you. And hopefully we will do this again with you sometime soon. Oh, absolutely, brother. I really appreciate it. All right, fans, if you have not, I would recommend getting up there to Alaska to catch either a WrestlePro show or a 907 show. Both fantastic promotions. Very well done. The training there in Alaska is high, high quality, so they're putting out a great product out there. Get on the bandwagon, support what they are doing out there. We will be back with you on Sunday afternoon. We have Matt Classic of the AIWF coming back to discuss that affiliation group. And then one week from this very day, from Combat Pro Wrestling, we have the good son, Andrew Mickelson, Make sure you join us. Also, tomorrow, I forgot to mention DOA Pro Wrestling in Portland, Oregon. So you can check out DOA. And once again, you can find me at the ABC Days in Tacoma, uh, our annual event helping out the high school. 
There will be matches from 9 a.m. up until 3 p.m. periodically throughout the day, so come see what we are doing at the PWF. Everybody stay safe out there. Support your local independents no matter where they may be, and we will talk to you soon. (laughs) 